everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. Happy 2022. I am officially back here at home in Canada where it is snowing outside, which is really uncommon for Vancouver because it has been sticking and snowing for the past few weeks while I was away. I was away in the United States. I had a bit of a vacation, a little bit of time off just to kind of rest and recharge. Things were getting pretty wild and pretty crazy at the end of 2021 in terms of my work schedule. Um, so thank you so much for your patience in terms of sticking around and, and hanging out um, as we embark on season four. So today's a bit different. Um, I guess I should probably introduce myself for those who are like listening and this is their first episode. I'm Kim Chi. Um, also, my real name is Steph Sia. I'm the host of the show. I bring you new episodes every single Sunday at midnight and I provide thought-provoking episodes on the sex industry um, all over the world. So, and how sex work needs to be destigmatized, how sex work needs to be decriminalized and I aim to educate the masses. <laughs> so yeah, that's just a little bit about me, a little bit about the show. Um, I am a, I am a, a sex worker as well. So I am a stripper, although clubs are kind of limited at the moment due to ongoing restrictions uh, due to the pandemic, which we've all heard at ad nauseum. And I am also a digital content creator. So I do have an OnlyFans. I create content. I do audio stuff, I do sexting, I do custom videos, um, feet fetish content, fetish friendly, kink friendly, all that fun stuff on the interwebs. And I was also a former sugar baby back in 2014. I did that for a few years, had a couple long-term sugar daddies throughout the years and have established great relationships with them. And now I'm doing my own thing. I started this podcast Oh gosh, I guess two and a half years ago now. And yeah, we're just beginning on season four. And this week, <laughs> I know we just launched season four last week. I did pre-record those episodes just before the year ended last year. Um, I was supposed to bring you a new episode this week and it is going to be new. It's all going to be new content, but it's just going to be me this week. Um, due to some scheduling conflicts and with the Omicron virus kind of raging and me just starting to do like in-person interviews again, <laughs> we had to put that on hold. And my um, guests that I had for this week, unfortunately, had to cancel last minute because of things that were out of her control and she was sick and I cannot risk getting sick at this moment and I don't really want to get sick. So and uh, on the flip side, I'm going to be giving you a fun bonus episode and this will be the last bonus bonus episode I will be giving you because I'm excited to announce I have finally launched my Patreon. <laughs> I have had so many people asking about when I'm going to start a Patreon. Uh, where can I donate to you? I've had so many random donations popping into my PayPal saying thank you for your work. I couldn't find your Patreon. I don't know if you have a Patreon uh, or people just subscribing to my OnlyFans because they wanted to support. So I'm finally giving people and folks um, an outlet that they can do so. And thank you so much for those who have um, funded in the past. Um, thank you so much for even thinking of me. I, I do this work um, just like out of the goodness of my heart as, as lame. I don't want to use the word lame as stupid and silly as it sounds. Um, 
<laughs> it's something I really do enjoy. It's something I'm passionate about and it is something that has kept me going and kept me motivated all these years when I started this podcast back in 2019 uh, just to keep going. And there's just so many topics and so many things I haven't even talked about or shed light on or topics that I'm still learning about because I am still forever a student and there's still things that I'm just like oh my gosh I had no idea that even existed there's also new forms of sex work that are emerging and I'm really just eager to learn it all so I am super honored and excited to um, launch that hopefully by the time that you are all listening to this episode it will be I guess officiated and <laughs> public it's currently um at the time of recording it's currently being in the review stage but be sure to check it out on patreon it's stripped by sia just like the name of the show you should be able to find me there i'm going to be offering different tiers i'm going to be throwing all my bonus lectures on there bonus episodes behind the scenes content um kind of giving you a sneak peek on episodes that i'm working on topics that i'm looking to explore deeper and um yeah some cool fan shout outs and stuff too if you want to get involved uh, please, please join the movement there. I would love to have you on there. It's just something small and hopefully the money can enable me to get another mic because I do want to start in-person interviews again and I only have the one and as we know, sharing one mic just doesn't do anything great for sound and I've been trying to increase my sound quality and getting it better so yeah all of that would truly help um that is the first big announcement of the year more other big announcements coming as the year goes on but that's the exciting kind of little thing that you know i actually started a patreon page when i first started the podcast but I was like you know what no one's gonna listen to me and no one's gonna be interested in sex work like who's gonna want to listen to that but then again uh, I guess over 100 episodes later you're all still listening here so thank you thank you thank you uh yeah be sure to peep that uh that'd be really really great also if you haven't already liked rate shared and subscribed on the podcast uh Spotify now you can actually do ratings on there um your ratings and reviews do help people often ask like oh my gosh like how can I help you? Ratings and reviews can widely help the podcast. It enables um, for better searchability, uh, for people to find the show and just helps it overall. So um, just because there's like over 500,000 podcasts out there, I am just a really tiny person uh, from Canada trying to make waves here. So um, your reviews and ratings do do uh, count for something. So keep that in mind. If you want to support the show that way, you can also do that as well. So thank you so much. So yes, bonus episodes are going to be going on at Patreon moving forward. Um, and yeah, this all this episode is all, uh, oh gosh, I don't want to say it's all about me, but unfortunately I am the only one on the show today. So it's going to be <laughs> a solo show today. I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. Um, I tend to talk and ramble and share things in detail, which sometimes I don't really have the opportunity to do so when I'm having guests on the show because I really don't want to detract from having them, um, their time taken away from them. So I kind of threw out on all my platforms. I have many different platforms nowadays where you can find me. Um, but I have given the opportunity to kind of ask me anything. So yes, this is an AMA episode. Um, I, last time I did an AMA episode was back in season one. And that's kind of when I was like in limbo and kind of the, that was at the very beginning of the pandemic where I was like, well, I guess I'll just end the 
the season there because I can't have in-person interviews anymore. And I was like really against like doing virtual interviews because like I really like to connect with my guests and like meet them in person and make friends. Um, but then I did an AMA because I was like, well, I don't know what to do from here. So let's just do this, the filler episode. So <laughs> kind of in the same fashion, but not really. It's just different circumstances this time. But yes, um, this is all about um, myself today which is very strange to talk about myself, but uh, we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to try to do my best here. Um, I hope I gathered all the questions because I asked it pre- pretty much everywhere from my Twitter to my Instagram to my OnlyFans to my Facebook to um, where else there was another area that I used. But yeah, some great questions all around that came through. I'll be answering each and every one of them and I won't be holding back. So I will be as transparent as possible and I'm really excited and happy that people want to know a little bit about me so cool cool um i guess we'll get started and i kind of i got received all the questions i grouped them all into different areas so the first bit of the show will kind of start off with uh, the podcast and then we'll kind of go into um sex work because that's what the show is about so i'll try to keep all that stuff in the beginning sex work content creation people have been really curious about that um I'm talking about family, different camera angles. Um, people have some questions in terms of like how to get um, into the industry, what my advice and thoughts on that would be. And some more really interesting general lifestyle questions in terms of like what's in your bucket list, horoscope, inspo. Um, and some people even asked about my cooking because I started my cooking uh, live streams again on my Instagram uh, just because I lost my one of my vanilla jobs my stable my stable income (laughs) one of my gigs at least I lost that in this past week which also kind of derailed scheduling and stuff too which has given me more time which is really really great so we're going to talk a little bit about that and my cooking as well as my YouTube channel if you didn't know that I have a YouTube channel called Sia slurps which I uh, create nudes um, in the form of noodles uh, because I'm a big food nerd and I'm a big noodle queen so we're gonna do that and then we'll end the show there because I think it's kind of fun and silly so if you are here for the sex work stuff that's gonna be in the first half of the episode so listen in we're gonna jump on it right now let's go so first question, and I'm not going to share any usernames here. Um, I just respect everyone's privacy. And if you did say that you wanted your name, I don't think anyone said they wanted their name shared on the show. So I'm not going to go there. But um, the first question is, how hard was it to start your podcast? And what's the best and hardest things about it? So, oh gosh, how hard was it to start your podcast? Honestly, it was really easy. It was really simple. It's one of the easiest things that I've done in my life in terms of like entrepreneurial uh, projects. So I started the podcast in the summer of 2019 after um, I was dancing at the club, actually during when I was dancing at the club. So I was dancing at the penthouse that week and one of the customers told me or made a statement that stripper culture is really interesting. It's so fascinating. All of you are really cool human beings you all have different stories different backgrounds and you have so much to share and you know some of you are influencers you have like 40 50k followers on instagram it's really interesting and and respected in that kind of sense and i thought that was really profound i thought that was really interesting and 
it just kind of sat with me. I finished my gig at the club that week. I came home, thought about it. And as an avid podcast listener, I have always wanted to start my own podcast. (laughs) I, I love talking and I love just like interview style podcasts. I think they're really investigative, um, journalistic, and also really a cool way to share a story, whether it's your own story, whether it's someone else's story, whether it's a fictional story. I just think it's a really cool way of storytelling. And it was something that I did um, and picked up like, when was this? Like 2018 or 2017 when I started listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, I think it was 2018 because I was in a vanilla job. I was working in corporate. I used to work in luxury travel before. So I used to be an office manager and sales coordinator there. So as glamorous as it sounds, I used to like go to hotels and rate them and then like find uh, new hotels to add to our program because it was an invite only program. And it was really cool. It was like the luxury version of Expedia. And although I worked there for four years, I really enjoyed it. It was just like getting really old for me. I really wanted to do something else. And I was just getting really depressed. And I just started tuning everyone out and started listening to podcasts like from the minute I left my house to the minute I came home from my job. So very heavy, heavy, heavy podcast listening literally from morning to night. So uh, going back to like why I wanted to start it, it's just because I thought that one statement that sa- that person said at the club was was really like there was so much truth to it, and there's just so much to uncover. And I was really sick and tired of hearing these negative stereotypes that were presented in the media. It's just really exhausting and just frankly just really frustrating because I feel often sex workers are often misunderstood. And always, always judged for everything that we do. Doesn't matter if it is our choice or not. It just is seen as a taboo thing. It's seen as an ugly thing to do. It's seen as something that's not accepted um, by society. So I wanted to do something about it. And I started the show. And going back to the question, how hard was it to start the podcast? Not hard because I already knew what I wanted to do. I had my mission statement which is to educate people in terms of like helping destigmatize the work and he helping destigmatize the industry. So I already had that. I was very, very focused on what I wanted to do. I had a mic that um, was purchased for me by a fan. Thank you and shout out to Enrique. He's been such a great fan over all these years. Um, I used to have, I mean, I still do have an Amazon wish list. If you want to peep it and buy something off it, that's totally cool. But this particular fan uh, purchased a mic for me because I had expressed um, actually starting a Twitch and a YouTube channel. Yeah, this is like two and a half years ago. I've been wanting to do that for a while too. And we'll get into the YouTube part later. But it was originally for me to start my Twitch and my YouTube channel. And I was so scatterbrained. I was like, I don't know, like uh, there's too much to do and I don't know how to do this. And I don't know, I don't have the time to do that because I was juggling a couple other jobs and stuff as well at that time. So um, I had this mic and then I was like, oh, I already have a mic. I can use this mic to podcast. So uh, that was another big check mark out of the way as well. Um, I had some DJ friends um, that were able to do my music for me because it was really important for me to have like a really cool song, like a good intro and outro uh, music because uh, music is really, really important. I think it really sets the tone. It sets the vibe. A lot of you have expressed 
like how much you love the song in the beginning and at the end shout out to my friend ted ted d is amazing he's a great dj he's based here in vancouver who i actually like I guess we're friends now, but like I knew him from another friend of mine who's also a DJ in the city. And I was like, hey, can you help me make a song for my show and I will pay you and uh, please let me know. And she was rather new at the time. She's like, I am still new. So let me forward you on to my friend DJ Ted D and I'm sure he can make something for you because he's a genius. He taught me. So um, I gave him the parameters again, being specific with what I wanted to do in terms of my branding. Um, I was really this is like back when called the call her daddy podcast came out and <laughs> I have stopped listening to that show, but I've picked it up again. Actually, when Sophia left, I was like, OK, I can listen to the show. I, I used to listen to about like the first 30 or 40 episodes of the show and I thought it was like really funny. But then it just became like more cringe and more cringe and more cringe um, <laughs> as the show went on, because I feel like some of the things and the advice that they were telling young girls was just really reckless and idiotic and ignorant. And I was like, I can't listen to this stuff mainly because I can't relate to it. So um, anyways, I started listening back when Alex started doing the podcast by herself and that's been OK, especially when she's just now exclusively on Spotify. But anyways, that's like a side tangent. But I really loved the vibe that um, the Call Her Daddy girls um did for their show was just like really cool kind of like hip-hop beats and like sexy and also uh no that is not me making the orgasmic uh, sound like on the soundbite that is not me I don't know who that is and I can't take credit for it but that is not me and that does not sound <laughs> not sound like that when I orgasm sorry to burst any bubbles but that yeah that's uh that's not me at all <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was easy for me to get that music made. Um, best under $100 I've ever spent <laughs> on custom music. Because um, you can get a lot of free music, um, royalty free music online as well. There's no uh, shame or hurt in that, especially if you're on a budget. Because you can literally start a podcast for free. All you need is a laptop, a mic, and some music. That's literally all it takes. But that's why there are 500,000 podcasts out there because there's a lot of people that have started it and then realize, okay, I can't commit to this. And commitment was another thing too. So commitment, I knew I I wanted to do an episode every single week because that's all the time I can um, dedicate to. So that was um, something that was feasible for me. Again, I knew I could commit to this. Um, Some people cannot and that's okay. Um, just depends on whatever is going on in your life. Um, my, my topic was really, really focused. Again, I already mentioned that. I knew that I wanted to go solo and I didn't want to have a co-host um, just because it was already really hard to kind of pin me down for my availability because I have many projects and many gigs going on. And at that time, I had like three jobs um, or maybe four <laughs> at the time. So I knew it was already going to be, be really, really hard for me to coordinate. So I wanted to do it solo and then bring on different guests every single week that way I can reach um, more people and connect with more people cover uh, as many topics as I can because it's a really like sex work is a really really broad topic so that was um, all aligned for me and I had a vision I had a goal of making it through a season and I did (laughs) and I made lots of mistakes my first season I think uh, to answer what's the best and hardest thing about it hardest part I think is finding 
the right fit for guests. It's really tricky. And um, there are some episodes I don't necessarily regret, but I think I just did them because I was like, I need to get an episode out today. And they weren't particularly uh, enthralling subjects. Um, And those are often times when guests pitch to me. I I still stand behind most of the guests that I have like 99.8% of guests that I bring onto the show. Um, If you didn't know, the podcast is curated. So it's by invitation only. And I think it's really important to do that um, because, yeah, sure, I could bring like anyone on the show. And at first it was just like bring uh, my friends on the show or people that I really admire and looked up to and have actually personally met before or like recommendations um, from close friends. But it's really important that like I, I think of a topic and then I source the guest or I know a guest. I know what they do. I'm familiar with their work and I know that they're going to be a good fit for the episode and be knowledgeable and provide um, a lot of information for the topics and the whatever it is, like the fetishes or kinks or whatever niche that they fill or service that they pr- provide. So it's been really tricky because I've had to say no to a number of people Um, that have pitched themselves to the show and I do get a lot of people wanting to be on the show and I've said this before in a couple episodes um, because there's a lot of people pitching to be on the show I love that you want to be on the show I think it's really great and that you want to invest your time in this I think it's wonderful but a lot of people are just like how can I get on the show I'm like that's nice please pitch yourself please know that every single episode is an hour long, if not longer. And I love it when they go longer. But you need to be able to hold a great conversation. You need to be um, really knowledgeable about whatever um, whatever it is that you offer or whatever brings brings you to the table in terms of sex work. I think it's really important to respect my time. And I feel like that hasn't happened um, when these people try to pitch to me. So that part is really, really, really hard when I have to say no. Um, and when they do pitch me and it's just not a fit, um, just because like, I don't, I really rarely like to repeat topics unless it's been like at least a season or two seasons out. If I need to revisit a topic, I'll bring someone else on to kind of talk about it, but they can bring something else to the table. And that's just a really tricky heart part. Um, the best part of starting this podcast is obviously connecting with all of my guests and also just everyone that listens into it. I love receiving comments in terms of like, thank you so much for helping educate me on this. I had no idea and this world is so far for me. Um, this has been incredibly helpful and has really shed a light to uh, sex work and how I've I, like how my perspective has changed. I have received so many message messages from cis white males saying thank you. What can I do better? How can I help? And thank you. Your show has been extremely helpful. So that has been really, really awesome. Also, the really, really cool opportunities that have been presented to me just because I started the podcast. So I guess a highlight would be like having the opportunity to do research for the United Nations women last year was like probably the biggest highlight I've ever had being able to um, be on a panel of speakers for the Sugar and Spice Festival in Singapore, uh, having the opportunity to guest lecture 
um, at Florida State, as well as SFU, which is like my alma mater. Like, that's so freaking cool. I'm going to be speaking again <laughs> in March um, for the spring semester, FYI, that um, hopefully that episode will be a bonus episode found on Patreon. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's just, it's really cool. I feel super honored. And I've also had some learning lessons too, where, you know, I have not been a great podcast host in terms of like, this was not cool the way you said something or I don't agree or people not agreeing with some things that I have said and you know it's opinion based um but I've only received like two of those before or even if I've um created triggers for some of my guests this was one time as well but it was a learning lesson like for example when I have like my Q&A question at the end I usually like kind of leave it as a surprise at the end to, to capture their um I guess their true reaction but some of them I guess one of them was triggered so that was a big learning lesson so now I kind of like screen all the questions beforehand making sure that's okay so again constantly a learner um in all aspects of this so Thanks for the thought-provoking question. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time podcasting. I really hope to continue doing this because it's something I really, really love. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, that would answer that question. Um, we're shifting podcast topics, podcast topics. We're shifting topics in terms of uh, what do you wish you knew when you started in sex work? Oh my gosh, I can go on forever on this topic. It's more so... Um, a lot when I was a sugar baby because uh, when I was a sugar baby back in 2014, I never ever even considered that as a line of sex work. That to me was not even sex work. I was in complete denial of the work that I was doing. I didn't see it as work. I just thought I was going on dates with older men, um, getting everything paid for, you know, going on trips and like getting money and just getting paid for just being young and beautiful and well-spoken well-traveled and yeah it was difficult to digest those first few times you know where you end up like getting I'll admit like getting freaking scams (laughs) no one ever talks about this and I want to do an episode on getting scammed um but especially when I find this happens when you're new, when you just don't really know what you're doing. I was really alone uh, when I first embarked into sugaring because no one, I didn't want to tell anyone what I was doing because there was a bit of shame that came with that. And yeah, getting scammed and not getting paid. Um, yeah, like I've definitely had sex with men. Um, not a lot, <laughs> but I've definitely had situations where, you know, I look back at it now and it's like, holy crap, I should have gotten paid for that. I should have asked for money up front should have should have should have should have would have could have and it burned me um that or even um just being safer about the content that I create and also uh the 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 content I create now and putting that out and ensuring that there are like really great safe parameters put in place um I was definitely not practicing that before when I first started in um 2020 so I'm a little bit more cautious about that, a bit more aware just because I've learned so much for by being in the industry and having guests on to be like, do this and do that. And like, you know, strike, like swap out your, your metadata and make sure you strip that and just be really, really cautious about this stuff. Because what like that can be common sense for a lot of people. But in the same time, that can also just be a thing that you would never think of um, embarking into like digital content creation. So uh, taking safety really seriously 
and not having boundaries on that was definitely a tricky part and something I wish I had taken more seriously and just wish I knew and like not taking it so lightly like for example like a a sugar daddy flew me out to Connecticut for the weekend because he was from like upstate New York and I had just like met him that day on seeking arrangement we skyped for like 20 minutes or or maybe less than that and then next thing you know I was on the way to YVR within like three hours and I called my friend laughing I was in a cab just like ha ha I'm going to Connecticut for the weekend bye and just being like so naive and reckless and like stupid in that way and just like braggy it's just like (laughs) I mean we were we were all like that at some point I'm sure but like not taking it seriously and like not thinking about the consequences or like the stress that I might have triggered for like my best friends and to put her in that situation is completely not fair so definitely wish I knew about that and I really wish I knew about the support and the camaraderie that this sex work community has and offers like people want to help people in this in this industry and I looked at it as a competitive thing before because I was like well like I don't want anyone to steal like my guys or whatever and yeah I I just wish I didn't look at it in that kind of context because it's so like detrimental and as you all know the hierarchy is a huge problem within our industry and I just felt like I like contributed to that when I was younger so I wish I had known that sooner what do you feel when you expand your video content are you getting comfortable pushing the envelope is this beyond your comfort zone so this question came from one of my only fans fans and it's really interesting because yes um he was mentioning because uh, I asked him for more context on that and he was like well you have a lot of like stripping videos you know teasy videos pole dancing videos and uh kind of cheeky content on there on my OnlyFans and there are definitely some more erotic content in there too but I usually save that for like private messages and stuff like that um where I can get paid so because that's something I don't offer very often and that's how I market myself um and yeah I mean expand my video content uh are you getting comfortable it's not really about being comfortable I've always been comfortable with my sexuality in terms of like what I portray out there I've always been comfortable with sex um I'm an exhibitionist as well so I love that stuff it's just more so I'm protecting the identity and also uh the anonymity of my play partners or my actual partner so uh all only fans there was definitely some play partners that i've had on there which i had shot some specific video content for and custom videos um that stuff is not something i usually do because like when i when i have sex and i've had so many requests can we get some videos of you and your fiance and you know what like he has been so supportive he's like yeah let's like film some content i want to help you like keep all the money like this will be great this will be fun and um But I respect his privacy too. And honestly, when I'm in the mood to have sex, I'm not thinking about grabbing my camera and making content. I'm thinking about having sex because I feel like I want to get some pleasure and (laughs) enjoy the time that we have together. So like the last thing I want is to grab my tripod and my ring light (laughs) and, you know, set up a whole production because like, yeah, like you could just set a camera down you can but like I'm not really thinking about that because my mind is kind of somewhere else and we're connected in a different way and I'm not really thinking about oh I'm going to use this to profit (laughs) 
And but I, I will one of these days because I, I am getting like lots of demand for it. But um, it's also like trying to find the angles, which is really tricky to do sometimes um, when I don't want to show my fiance's face in the video or even my plate partner's face as well. So it's really it can be tricky. There is a large amount of production goes behind making content. There's also a shit ton of work. <laughs> that is involved when you're making online content that people don't always think about it's more just it's not just like propping up your phone like you got to think about like how you're setting up the space like you know how are you like setting the tone and the vibe and the mood that's all part of it so yeah because like I've definitely made some videos and like uh, we'll talk about this in one of the next questions too but like sometimes put music on top of it as well and then like people are like oh I really want to hear you and stuff too so there's like lots of small little requests like that that I have to keep in mind and to cater to each person and also just remember their preferences too so there can be yeah like <laughs> it's not about comfortability it's it like I am very very comfortable with who I am and I've always been open about sex and all this stuff so it's not about that but it's um it's it's definitely within my comfort zone but like it's not something I always want to put out there and also just because there's almost so many people stealing content out there and reposting it to like tube sites um that's something that's also um of a concern to me which like I'm okay having my face out there I'm okay you know I'm okay being a sex worker and that's like these are some choices that you have to think about um when you decide that you want to get into this career in this industry is am I okay with you know, my content being found or stolen. Like, I'm not okay with my content being stolen, but I'm not, I'm like, I'm okay if someone finds out because I'm usually pretty open about this line of work. So, which is like another topic in and of itself. So yeah, it's, it's fun. I love that kind of stuff. And I love the comments that I get from my OnlyFans saying like, oh my God, that video was so hot. Oh my gosh, you should like do more of these videos. But I kind of treat those as like little treats when they happen I don't want people to just get used to it either so when they happen they happen they're a nice treat enjoy it while you can and who knows when the next one's gonna be so always and forever a tease you're welcome <laughs> um, what has been your favorite content that you have made from all of your customer video requests oh my gosh there's so many oh my gosh I could literally <laughs> I have like the biggest smile on my face in terms of like filming content I've just gotten like the regular ones like oh like I just want to see a sexy strip tease or um I really want to um showcase your feet uh can you paint your nails a specific color like really what I would consider like quote-unquote normal and I don't want to say normal because like there's something for everyone out there and you know um some of these con like customer quests I don't get all the time but and which which I would consider as you know not as common not saying it's not normal okay so I just want to put that out there so I remember getting this one for my calves which I thought was really interesting this person came from Instagram this person did not follow me um and they had messaged me and they're like oh I really love your calves I saw some pole dancing videos and they're like your calves are on fire um and I have to admit my calves are like my best apps my my best asset <laughs> and um this person wanted a video of my calves and me kind of working out and doing squats and stuff like that so I thought that was really really cool and I was like 
I get so many of those requests on Instagram or wherever, Twitter and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, yeah, if you're serious, send me money. The price is this. And then they did. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to do this video now. So (laughs) that was really fun. Um, I really love making um, all of these custom videos that I do. So I make these um, kind of sexy music videos. I don't know how to describe them, but they're like just beautiful videos that I do for myself and they're more just like promo teaser shots but I've been doing that for my fans uh for customer requests and they seem to really enjoy it it's a whole build-up there's usually like a little bit of a storyline it goes for the duration of an entire song so um I really really like doing those kind of videos because like it really shows my personality I really like to edit videos too so I'm able to demonstrate my creativity that way and having it go with the music in terms of like syncing it up with the beats of the song or if there's like a big um pause or something in the song you can kind of sync it up with that so I really love doing that um I got um an interesting one I can't remember the name for this exact fetish but it was a farting fetish and again this person came to me via Instagram too again random person they really wanted me to do a farting video and I did a farting video it lasted like <laughs> 10 seconds I didn't fart for that long if you're uh, if you're wondering no but um I <laughs> conducted a farting video and I got paid healthily for that which I thought was really awesome. And again, I thought it was a fake one. I was like, send me the money, show me the goods and do it turn out to be real. So that was really, really fun. That um, the foot fetish ones are always fun because I can really just like play a role. And like some of the doming videos that I've done have been really, really fun to role play. I really have been enjoying that. And lately, um, I've been having these really awesome conversations with a new fan of mine who actually found me through the podcast. I'm not going to shout them out with their name, obviously, but we're just doing some audio chatting and I really am enjoying that. And we're kind of going down the area of like buy encouragement or like forced buy situations, which is really, really fun because I think it's really playful, especially the way that he wants me to kind of go into that and embark and help him and encourage him to dive deeper into these fantasies I think it's so fun I help I love help helping him navigate through that so it's been really fun I love doing all those I love custom content Um, I do have boundaries though so in case you are curious to see what I can offer please uh, dm me (laughs) Uh, do you have professional regret at the angles of the camera and I think this went with the previous previous question too so um not really I remember when this person was describing when they asked when I asked for more detail um it's not about the camera angles but it is about the camera angles in terms of ensuring that the viewer can see a lot but also for it to also look flattering for myself. So I don't really regret anything in terms of like camera angles and stuff because like my body is my body and my body is constantly changing. I'm like gained another like seven pounds over the holidays. So like it's not forgiving at all. So that's why lighting is really important. Camera angles are especially important as well. Um, That's why it takes a little bit of work and a little bit of time. I mean, once you've done it a few times, you kind of already know this is going to look good. This is going to be a great shot. 
But sometimes it really is just trial and error in terms of like finding out what works well with your body on camera. And you don't really know that until you go back and forth and run back and run back and forth and run back. So it just takes a little bit of figuring out to do. So yes, it uh, it can be a little bit of work running around that way. Uh, this person has been curious on the best ways for guys to get into the industry on or off stage. And then I also asked this person to elaborate on what type of um, sex work that he was interested in getting into. And he mentioned a little bit of maybe stripping or, you know, sex work as a broad stroke, um, even owning and operating a club. Um, I will be doing an episode on the business of the business antics in terms of owning and operating a club that will be hopefully airing really soon. Um, so stay tuned. I, I don't have specifics on that because I don't own a club, nor do I operate one. But please stay tuned. The, that episode is coming up hopefully next week or next next week. So uh, stay tuned and that person will answer your questions on that front. Um, I did kind of address this before in a previous episode, I think with uh with dancer Miami Lux and that was in season three. I also mentioned a little bit about that I think in season one when I interviewed uh, Butlers in the Buff. Also I think I might have mentioned it the episode with Brent Ray Fraser the I can draw with my penis episode. So those are different areas and things that you can do. Those are different areas. Those are episodes that you can kind of listen to for more specific advice in terms of like how to how do males um get jobs in sex work so uh in terms of stripping specifically in terms of stripping uh, stripping here if you are in the lower mainland if you're in british columbia in canada here there is the agency that you can go through so that agency is StripperNet. they also manage all their male dancers um which often tour around and i think they usually have uh, ladies night I think that's still on Fridays at Brandy's um, but there's also private parties and private shows like bachelorette parties that you can get involved with I remember Richard Mean talking about that for the butlers and the buff episode that's something that is very surface level um, that you can kind of get into if you don't really feel like you want to get into like full-on stripping though that can be a ways and a means for you to get in um, I remember some of the advice that these guests were telling me and um physique can play a big role in in sex work especially if you're doing stripping so any kind of uh dance background if you work out frequently that can help you it's not the be all and end all but that can definitely play to your benefit so keep that in mind if that's something an area that you want to go through I think camming might be the easiest way that you can kind of get into sex work because you could do that in the comfort of your own home if you have a laptop or a macbook like all you need is a camera and they usually come with like your laptop so you could easily set that up you could sign up on uh chatterbait or uh, my free cams or um sorry i think my free cams is just women my bad chatterbait for sure um streammate is a new one that i've been hearing about a lot in terms of uh live streaming services so you can easily set that up but again if you were to do that uh please try to be uh safe in doing that so don't have anything identifiable of yourself um 
in the video or things in the background or even like where your window is facing um try to get that out of the shot because then people can sometimes use that to identify and locate where you are uh turn off location i know for most streaming services um in terms of like sexual like erotic adult streaming services you can also ban people from like your own town um so in this case for example, Vancouver, you can block people, like viewers from Vancouver out um, if you wanted to just to kind of keep yourself safe. And if this is something you want to try to as much as you can keep anonymous. But again, like what I said earlier, um, sex work, if that's an area, an avenue that you want to go down and a career that you would like to embark in. Please make sure this is something that you are comfortable doing. Something that if someone were to find out that you were a sex worker, that you are a stripper or a cam artist or anything like that, whatever it is that you plan to do, make sure that you are okay being uh, found out. And if someone were to find out about it, that you would be okay with that and having to explain that. Because um, just go into the work just with the notion that, you know, someone's going to find my pictures or my ads or whatnot. So keep that in mind. Um, if you are in wanting to get into full service work, um, I'm not sure too much about um, male escort work, but there are agencies for that as well, just like with StripperNet. With stripping, there are agencies for that that you can kind of uh, help you get started before you go independent. So at least you can kind of get a grasp on things in that kind of way first before you kind of oh my god there goes my water bottle <laughs> i'm not gonna edit that out because i don't know where it is right now and yeah <laughs> so yes hopefully that is a little bit helpful just know that the work is glamorized so i'm not trying to sugarcoat anything it is a bit of work it is work sex work is work so just go in with that notion that hey i'm gonna have to put some time and energy into this and it's not just like post pictures and you like leave it alone you're gonna make money um same thing with an only fans like that's what a lot of people think it is but yeah the marketing of it where am i gonna have to market this out like what groups am i gonna have to join how many subreddits am i gonna have to join how many people am i gonna have to engage with on twitter to get this out um making nice content paying for photo shoots paying for costumes paying for equipment paying for your ring light paying for a microphone if you plan to live stream um yeah there's like so many things like the really mundane administrative tasks that you have to go on um in the back end uh it can be really really boring honestly like online work digital content creation can be a lot of work um sometimes i find that in-person work is a lot easier than um maintaining uh your online avenues so just keep that in mind i know that was a scattered answer but i hope that has proved to be a little bit helpful for you thank you so much for that question and uh, we're going to be moving on uh more so oh, yes we're going to be moving on to some like lifestyle questions which is always fun because i never no one ever asked me that about this stuff so uh thank you for thinking about me <laughs> but the first question is what is on your bucket list well, I feel like, you know, I've had a pretty good life so far um, that I've created for myself. I've worked my ass off. I've had jobs and gigs all throughout my life. I've started working at 14. I started my own business when I was 18. Um, I have traveled all over the world. I've experienced some beautiful places. I've been in love. Like, I got engaged in November. Uh, gosh, I've really 
accomplished a lot for someone at the ripe age of 32 <laughs> um has experienced and I, i'm so grateful and very very happy that things have worked out the way that they've worked out um bucket list yeah i'd love to get married and uh stay married <laughs> to my wonderful fiance um i think that is kind of chronologically next on the bucket list um i would love to ditch north america at some point and move somewhere else and work remotely and continue what i'm doing remotely so i left the corporate life um yeah just as the pandemic was about to start so i stopped working at a conventional office job back in september 2019 Oh, sorry, back in November 2019. And then, yeah, like I basically got laid off from a corporate job. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And then the pandemic happened. And then it just kind of solidified things and made me realize I really don't want to do this. I don't want to go back to a 95 job anymore. It's not where my heart is. And I don't want to do it anymore. And I've used the last year and a bit, so 2020 and 2021, to take a break because I didn't have any of my jobs. I lost all of my jobs and work on building my marketing consultant, um, which is also what I do on the side, which I have a couple clients, um, steady clients for and do work remotely. So that and then I also do like obviously all of my sex work and stuff um, uh, remotely, sometimes in, port- in person too. But like I love... I love the gig economy and I love doing work that I actually really enjoy doing. And um, I would love to, yeah, live somewhere remotely and work remotely and live life that way. And I would love my partner to come join me and do that um, and try to experience that because it's something I've never done before. I've never lived um, away from North America before. And it just seems like something I would love to do. Um, but I'm not sure when that can ever happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Even if for like a month, <laughs> I don't know, it would still be like a really cool experience and just like, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Definitely on the bucket list for sure. Um, bucket list. Are we talking about like realistic bucket list or like idealistic, like dream state style? Cause if it was like a dream state style, like I, I know it could, this, it can never happen. Um, I'd love to participate in a Broadway musical. <laughs> like that's never going to happen, but I'm a big like th- musical theater nerd. So I would like love that to happen. I would love to have my own cooking show that I can like really kind of spearhead and like get paid doing that. Like that's, Kind of next on my bucket list goal is to try to make that happen for me as well as writing my own cookbook. So very food focused. And if all of you are listening and do not know this about me, I am a big food nerd. I used to have a cupcake and cake business when I was 18. I've worked in hospitality jobs like my entire life. Um, I have a noodle YouTube channel. As you might know, I just started my live stream, my cooking live stream on my Instagram again. But I would love to do that and get paid for it because it's just so much fun and I'm really creative in that forefront and I'm not bad at what I do. There's a lot of uh, food porn that I post on Twitter as well as my Instagram. So go take a peep. <laughs> but yeah, those are things that are definitely on my bucket list. Um, my horoscope, this person asking what's your horoscope and your major three. So my my sun sign is a Libra and I'm definitely through and through a true Libra. Like, imba- like I'm very balanced. Although 
working can be pretty extreme but pretty balanced um i like the nicer things in life for sure and and i'm extremely indecisive (laughs) pretty much a lever to a t um my what is it my rising sign um sorry my moon my moon sign is a gemini so emotionally i could be all over the fucking place um and sometimes i just like deal with things alone and i'm like oh my god why but yeah it can be very like quote unquote bipolar in that fashion when it comes to emotions or I just don't show emotion at all like there's just <laughs> there's no middle ground there it's either i'm feeling something or i'm not feeling anything at all so that and my rising sign is leo so um which i think a lot of people have said that or people sometimes guess that i'm a leo and i'm like nope i'm a libra but leo rising so um if you don't know what the rising part means it just means like what your outward personality is um what your character is kind of like what you demonstrate on the outside so that's me (laughs) i love those questions i just like i used to be a big like horoscope nerd when i was like younger i'm not really super into it now but like it is really really interesting when i'm bored or like have downtime to like read up on it because it's all like so true so um yeah that's that's me in a nutshell my biggest inspirations geez it they kind of come in phases and and different sections like there are uh i guess podcasters that i like look up to or people that i look up to and a lot of them seem to be female because i really believe in feminine energy and just having more of it in the world (laughs) because a lot of the world is dominated by cis white men so yeah like i feel like i can't think of anyone in particular right now but i've been really reading up on the ceo of glamnetic (laughs) and mcfarren i think she's really cool like i feel like we could be friends she's the ceo of glamnetic if you haven't seen their ads it's like the magnetic lash um thing that kind of started a couple years ago and i like love her story she immigrated here from thailand when she was seven she went to school for pre-med at ucla and she's an artist and she used to do like art and stuff for like big youtubers and stuff and just very artistic in background and then she found a niche in the market and decided to create this magnetic lash company she's like forbes 30 under 30 which was a bucket list of mine but i'm no longer under 30 anymore so i can't do that anymore Um, and I just think it's been really cool what she's doing. Her vision has been awesome. Her leadership has been awesome. I think that's really, really cool. Um, the founder of Bumble is another person I think is really, really amazing in terms of like the work that she's done for women. I think she's really, really paved the way for, you know, or at least trying to pave the way for equal pay for women in America and just the way that she was treated because she was uh, also a co-founder of tinder a long time ago and then she decided well these people are gonna buy me out um i'm going to start my own company so i thought that was another really really inspiring story um what's the founder of of spanx um she's also pretty amazing too yeah like a lot of female founders like i I watch i listen to like a lot of entrepreneurial shows and like watch shark tank and stuff like i love any kind of entrepreneurial people that have had an entrepreneurial journey especially if they're women um i think it's pretty fantastic also the co-founders of away um one of them is filipino who who immigrated from the philippines and 
has worked her way all the way up to the top and is doing some amazing freaking things. Like I think that's awesome. And I think I would love to see more Asian women leaders in, um, in mainstream media. I would love to have more of those leaders to look up to. Um, but they really inspire me. And I love people that are kind of paving the way, especially for Asians in the world. Um, because our voices deserve to be heard and we're kind of tired of sitting around and being silent. So um, the the writer of Crazy Rich Asians, I forgot his name, but um, he's been doing some great things too and trying to really, really cement that and that that what I just said in terms of like paving the way for Asians to, you know, not stay silent and bring us more into the forefront. I think that's really, really important. I think that's what we need. And I think just more people need to speak up. So yeah, those are some of my inspirations, all entrepreneurs, all cool things. And also just like, I don't know, some chefs here and there, like David Chang. I love, I loved, I loved Anthony Bourdain, obviously. Um, who else do I like? Priya Krishna. Um, what's her name? Founder of Milk Bar, Christine Tosi. Mm, yeah those are just a few to name so if you know a few of those names that's cool if you don't that's totally okay as well um yeah those are a few of them also I guess in terms of podcasters I love the girls from girls gotta eat uh Raina Greenberg and uh Ash Heseltine I'm starting to like Alex again from Call Her Daddy now that she's gotten her whole gig. That whole thing, the whole drama that happened last year with um, Sophia leaving the show and how Alex was really spearheading that. Like, I thought that was really cool. If you don't, if you're not familiar with the story, go listen to it. It's been covered in a lot of mainstream media in terms of like why she. Yeah, but they, basically they were like trying to fight for um, higher wages um, and higher salaries and trying to negotiate for, you know, what they deserve. And from what I understand, Sophia does not, did not do like a lot of the work and just wanted and demanded more and more and more until like her and Alex couldn't reach a decision um, in terms of like consensus. So, yeah, really fascinating stuff. Um, those are a few of my inspos. Um we're kind of going to go more into the food stuff, I think, after this. But someone asked for, oh, well, are you going to be doing live stripper interviews or are you just going to stick with cooking? And I've wanted to do like live stripper interviews, but my show isn't just limited to strippers. My show is limited to all facets of sex work. So not just talking about the performers. I'm also talking about people that are behind the scenes that are just as important in in sex work so even production um we're talking about uh clients and stuff too people that help support the industry um organizations um if you think my podcast is just about strippers i don't know which episodes you've only listened to but there is it's a wider net let's just say that but this is also coming from a comment from someone who's pissed me off a lot as well uh, and i'm still like <laughs> if you're listening to this you know who you are um yeah you say some really questionable things that I don't often agree with and I've already told you off one time so just keep it nice okay so yeah and yes um my IG is for cooking for naked cooking sessions that's for my only fans and you have to, there's a paywall for that because 
I refuse to have my nudes up for free. Some people do do that for free. Um, that's not the way that I operate, operate my business. But if that's what you do, then you do you, boo. Um, send nudes or send nudes as an N-O-O-D-S. <laughs> to be honest, send me noodles. Like, I will gladly take any noodles. I'm a noodle fanatic. I don't really want to see your nudes because I'm, unless I'm asking for it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely noodles in the physical format that I can consume all the way. How long do you spend editing your video content for YouTube and what app or program do you use for it, if any? Okay, so we're going into my YouTube stuff now. So if you are, again, not familiar with my YouTube content, it is not related to sex work at all. I have a G-rated channel called Sia Slurps, and it is a noodle channel where I rate instant noodles every single Monday uh, for MSG Mondays. And I have Ramen Hack Wednesdays where you post ramen hacks where you can kind of use your ramen noodles or noodle packets to make something cooler. Um and sometimes more nutritious and then fridays i have fresh noodle fridays where i make a noodle dish or a noodle or a noodle dish that or a dish that has noodles in it as an ingredient and those recipes are original and are my own which are really fun and creative because i love cooking and saturdays i just started my slurping saturdays which is where I dine in restaurants that uh, serve different noodles and I kind of showcase one noodle dish and show you where to go eat. So I started that when I was just abroad in the USA. So um, how long do I spend editing my video content? It really just depends on how long or how many clips are available um, or how many clips I filmed. So my videos generally take like my MSG Monday videos which my my review videos are pretty quick um it's about like an hour of editing time um from start to finish and that includes creating my thumbnail as well on Canva and then uploading takes like a little bit of extra time as well as um doing the write-up uh turning on my monetization features as well as doing all like the car adding the cards and end content and stuff like that and transcriptions so it sounds like a lot um but because I've been doing this now for yeah like a year almost two years now which I just started monetizing yay I started I can almost get my first paycheck from YouTube I've almost made I've almost made a hundred dollars <laughs> I'm so proud because this this was a bucket list for me so going back to the bucket list question Starting a YouTube channel and making money off YouTube was a bucket list of mine, which I've checked off. Um, so I'm really, really happy about that. And uh, yeah, because I've been doing it now for yeah almost two years, it's kind of like a routine for me now in terms of like, I know what to expect. I know what to edit. Um, although I'm, I am trying to constantly upgrade it and level up and continue learning from other YouTubers and creators out there. So generally speaking, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half. An hour and a half for like the longer videos. Oh yeah, this also includes like my audio voiceovers as well, which I also have to do too. So yeah, it's uh, been really, really great. It's been a learning process. It's been a process. And I use Final Cut Pro X, which is available for Macs for Mac users only, but, uh, and it's pretty like industry standard. Uh, same with like Adobe Premiere Pro. A lot of people use that now. And I think that is actually becoming more standard than Final Cut, but the features are very similar. Um, it just depends on what 
operating system you have. So yeah, but Final Cut Pro has been amazing. I'm completely self-taught. I basically, when I lost all my jobs last year, I started my channel. I bought the program. It was $400 for just getting the whole program, which is great. You don't have to pay a stupid subscription fee, which is another reason why I didn't want to go with Adobe because I was very frustrated with having to pay a subscription fee every single month. Um, so that is that. And it's been a great investment. And I've learned everything that I need to know on YouTube. And yeah, I feel like it's just like paying for itself right now, which has been really nice. And it's pretty easy to use, very, very user friendly. And if you have, have any questions, it's literally you can answer with a little help from Google or YouTube search. So yeah, uh, but I do know like if you're looking to edit your own videos, um, you could also use Adobe Rush, which is like a app you can download on your phone. And there's also iMovie if you are just starting out and want to learn about video editing. I also like tried that before, but it was so super, 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 super basic and I couldn't really do much with it. So I just took the plunge and just bought Premiere Pro with uh, the money that Serb gave me that Justin Trudeau graciously <laughs> gave us last year during the pandemic. Or sorry, last last year now, I guess. Wow, God, it's been two years. Craziness. <laughs> um we got a fun question here we're almost done i promise yeah i told oh my god it's, we're over an hour now sorry um what is your favorite instant noodle this is such a great and hard question because i literally have made 200 videos already and the uh, almost 100 videos of those are instant noodles so i've had my fair share of instant noodles i would say that i'm an expert in the field of instant noodles and no it's not just like reserved for students although a lot of my demographic that watch my channel are definitely from the 18 to 25 year like age range which i think is great um because noodles are cheap but some not sometimes they're not cheap there's very expensive ones too but um i guess my favorite ones would be some young bulldog cream carbo so if you're familiar with the fire noodle challenge that is one of them, but it's like a less spicy version. I love that one. It's so good. I'm really, really currently digging this um, Xi'an style, or sorry, Szechuan style, um, Bajia uh, broad wide noodle with chili. I can't exactly, that, that's not the real name, but that is, if you search those in keywords, it should pop up. And my, my noodle channel would pop up if you see that on YouTube. Um, those ones are really great. They rehydrate well tons of like um you get a good hit with the chili oil a bit of sourness from black um the chinese black vinegar in there as well and yeah it's just so addictive like I almost bought a pack today but i was like no i bought too many noodles when i went to the states recently i bought like a hundred dollars worth of noodles like a hundred like i literally i have probably bigger than an aisle that you would find at like superstore now because I have so many like it's, my pantry is full and I had to put them underneath my sink because there's like too many to eat but those ones uh, are really good pulmuoni katsuo soba is also a great one that's a chilled noodle it's like a cold like zaru style zaru soba style noodle and the the chewiness there just like really just cannot be beat it's so 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 good I also love um the otoki yule ramen it's a super spicy version it's actually not that spicy but it's your traditional standard korean uh beef ramen that's spicy and like wonderful and full of msg and just deliciousness 
And uh, I'm really digging the Nakiryu Tonkatsu, uh, sorry, Nakiryu Dandan Ramen, which I got imported from Japan. And they were like $6 each. <laughs> and there was four. And it's definitely worth the wait. It was, I cannot believe it's like instant. It's amazing. So, so good. Love it, love it, love it delicious and there's a few different um taiwanese ones that i like a lot because their noodles are so chewy and like they look like real noodles that are hand pulled they're so good so those are great and i know people have been asking for my my top five instant noodles i should just create a playlist for that really soon and create a video on that so thanks for the reminder and then the last question is from my sister <laughs> do you hate pants and the answer is yes i hate wearing pants um this is why i hate the cold weather because i like to i'm very feminine i like to wear dresses and skirts all the time i just like love it i mean generally speaking i just would rather be naked my like entire life <laughs> like i love being naked i'm usually naked at home all the time too um i don't like being like clothes being on me <laughs> i'd like to be free so yeah, I thought that'd be like a fun question to end on. And I, my sister's just being a troll with that question. But I'm going to answer it anyway. So, oh, I forgot a big question here. Um, oh, my God. We're not going to end it there. A big one is, sorry, do you find it odd or awkward that you have some family members on your other social media platforms who actually support your career? I forgot to answer this question. I was just scrolling through. I was like, I feel like there's a big one here. This one came from my cousin. And my cousin has been a great pillar of support for me even before I was even in sex work, just in terms of like, just being so open-minded. And I think it's so important to have that kind of support um, amongst family members. Um, it's not necessary, definitely not necessary, but it is comforting to know that I have some support and no judgment from them. And it's really interesting because I have a lot of conservative family members Um I do come and hail from a Filipino Chinese uh, background and Filipinos are also really heavily, heavily, heavily Catholic. They're very, very Christian. And a lot of my family on my dad's side, actually a lot of my family, even on my mom's side, extremely, extremely conservative. And I am very open about my sex work. I'm very proud of where I've come. Um especially with the podcast, with the guest lecturing stints, the, the time, like the opportunity that I'm able to write about sex work and get paid for it now. Um, and I share that on my social media, knowing that I have family members out there hoping that they would read it and, you know, kind of shed their old perspectives and their judgments and that they can learn something. So I'm not afraid of that. I don't find it awkward. No, uh, not at all. Um, that I have some family members that are on my social media platforms that support me, but also knowing that I have lots of social, like lots of public posts uh, that are accessible to family members. And actually, everything that I do is public. I don't even have a private account anywhere except for my OnlyFans. But I mean, you could subscribe for ten dollars US and see everything that's out there i'm not again trying to hide anything it's there it's something i'm proud about it's something i've chosen to do and it's lucrative it's um such a fulfilling and rewarding industry to be in so i am very happy and i don't i think it's great that my cousin supports me and if you're listening thank you so much again like i feel like 
my cousin, especially in this case, like they have paved the way in so many different ways. They're probably, I think they're my, my eldest cousin actually, but we've always had a great time and I think feel like we've bonded in, in different aspects in terms of, um, stigma um because his cousin is is part of the lgbtqia community and has had their fair share of stigma shame um unacceptance in our family before um i don't know like fully what they have gone through but i can only imagine um but luckily i think um at least on my dad's side we're generally a bit more progressive and accepting um i'm really unsure how to navigate like with my mom's side i'm still not super honest with my mom even though all of it is out there i've tried to have many conversations with her on sex work she also is of the type that when they hear the word sex work they think it is um prostitution and again there's nothing wrong with that at all or escorting there's nothing wrong with full service work um at all like that was something like i inadvertently did when i was younger like sugar babying basically it's almost the same as escorting but like with less boundaries and less money and more of your time being used and that's how i see it now so yeah um uh, family stuff is is really tricky but i'm really glad to have had some people that are really supportive of my work and or people that have come around like I feel like my sister is one of those people that have come around to that in terms of like now defending me as opposed to staying uh, staying silent when these kind of hard topics come up at the dinner table so I think that you know people are slowly coming around and I feel like the more I expose people to my shit (laughs) Um, the better and that you know it's a learning opportunity everyone has the opportunity to learn if their mind is open for it if they're willing to learn if they're wanting to learn as well so I guess we'll end on that note I can't believe I freaking missed such a big question but I've just scrolled through my questions here and that's all of them so thanks everyone for tuning in Um, we are going to have some brand new spanking episodes Next week, again, all further bonus episodes going to be on my Patreon. So don't forget to search it up. It's Strip by Sia. It's also Strip by Sia on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. I would gladly love your support. Um, Anything is helpful. So thank you so, so much. And yeah, new episodes every single Sunday. Catch me on Instagram. It's stripped by Sia. Catch me on Twitter. It's also stripped by Sia. Or my personal uh, Instagram is Sia Steph, like the singer, Sia Steph. And that's pretty much it for me today. Enjoy the rest of your fabulous Sunday. Bye, everyone. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabern. Uh, uh.